This is the AI Assisted Organization podcast for Implement AI with myself, Piers Linney, and my co-host and co-founder of Implement AI, Alok Shukla. This is a special podcast today. It's a holiday edition. So I'm currently in the middle of nowhere, literally in Slovenia, in the Sochi Valley, in my uh, van conversion, which you can see here. It's all, got all the mod cons. And uh, Alok, where are you? I'm in the south of France, just near the Pyrenees. Nice. Yeah, so I'm, I've been through um, France, Switzerland, Italy. Slovenia, going to Croatia today. Then we're going to Albania and down to even the way down to Greece and coming back through, you know, all, most of Europe, including uh, Slovakia, Germany, and various other countries. So it's going to be a bit of a trip. So the, the, the fact we've actually got together to do this is amazing. So let, let's get on with it. So it's been, a, annoyingly, as you're sort of traveling and a busy week in AI and artificial intelligence, um, lots of companies announcing nothing sort of like hugely groundbreaking we'll talk about Elon Musk in a minute but um just lots of companies now catching up in many ways and, and building artificial intelligence into their products into their services and into their own roadmaps and I think one of the most interesting ones for me because yeah. this company is one that I've used people I know use my partner uses it is um Shopify so we're going to go for a bit of sort of news today and then talk about some of the sort of the bigger issues that have arisen well, not issues really but the news and Shopify is interesting because Shopify, if you think about it, you know, it powers so many small businesses. I mean, it's an amazing platform that my partner uses. And it was amazing how uh, and it, I used him years ago and um, it's got a lot better. And every time I engage with it, <clears throat> I'm quite surprised. So they're launching um, a thing called Sidekick. And I think that the initial announcement is that, you know, entrepreneurs, they've got lots of questions. They, they, they want to ask Shopify things as well. So it's partly as these things often are, is a, a way of reducing their support overhead, I'm sure. But also, Sidekick's supposed to be, as it says, what it says on the tin, your sidekick for being an entrepreneur, for asking questions, and also for getting things done. So a lot of examples, I think as the founder of Shopify gave, is things that you can, you can you know, type in that you want the platform to put these items on sale or, or do this or change that. So you'd have to go into the admin back end and do it yourself. You just tell it. And eventually, as, as I always keep saying, we'll dispense with the keyboard. This is all going to be natural language um, interaction with platforms. No, indeed. And I think what was super interesting is like the amount of data that they already have right now, you know, like from like similar products being sold by other companies, by other people, and at the same time also like seeing like how consumer trends are happening. And then now I'm adding on top of it, different thoughts of like, I don't know, raise prices here or change this or introduce a premium product there or adjust this based off this geolocation and introduce pricing parity for different locations. It's very interesting. And the video demonstration was very impressive, like how they could go from like command to almost like, you know, format change or, you know, and I think, I think this is where it's coming to, like being able to add sort of like guidance and it's almost like expertise in a way to your software platform, that unlocks very powerful possibilities because you're kind of blending consulting with the kind of like fulfillment on and, and delivery of the item, which makes it a much stickier product basically, isn't it? And it's also, I've said before that the, the winners are going to be those with scale platforms, infrastructure, you know, data centers, large language models, and the money to train them. And eventually the, the cost will come down, obviously. But it, it's one, and platforms like Shopify, you know, it's very difficult just to talk to your um, technology and, and replicate Shopify on the fly. So they've got this advantage. And, and if they keep you know, going at this pace by instilling and building artificial intelligence into these platforms, then they're going to become, well, A, very good, and B, unassailable by a new entrance because they have the power and the cash to actually implement this technology. And I think that, um, you know, Shopify 
with AI. It's not just about sort of support. It's also what they're trying to build in. This is obviously, like, like we always say, this is Nokia snake, you know, Pong. This is the worst that this AI is ever going to be. Is they're building in support for the entrepreneur. So if you've got a question about marketing or sales or building a business or product or how to display a product, then the idea is, is that you don't have to go off and try and find it somewhere in the ether or on the internet or ask your uncle, um, Shopify are going to do it for you. No, and, and exactly. And we, we always said that like the way the AI-assisted organization is going to go is that there's going to be one database for that company with all the information within it. And then there'll be a language model on top of it. And Shopify, if they're the platform running an e-commerce business, they already have that. And that's why they're already pushing this out now. I was whispering because it's a whole family asleep, I think, by the way, everyone. <laughs> so um, and, and another, another big one is I've, okay, I've kicked everyone. I've got, a, I've got the dog here there. So if you have a bark, it'll be Luna here waking up. Um, and some of the big news though um, which you don't often hear about different large language models you tend to chat GPT and we'll talk about Bard in a minute but um, they're all moving very very quickly and you can touch on Bard but Claude 2 which is well no one you've played with Alok from Anthropic they've now launched um, I think it's version um, version is 2 is it in open beta which means if you're in the UK and the US you can get access to it and this is a pretty powerful um, large language model it's very good but the interesting um news is that you can now ingest or in terms of input and output in terms of the content the context what you want to do your prompt is that you can now put in a hundred thousand tokens so that's about seventy five thousand words so if you can imagine now to the setting up the context what you wanted to understand what you wanted to learn you can now you know ingest like a, a harry potter book essentially that context is what makes a difference to the output so this is actually really powerful yeah, for like large PDFs, large documents, um, if you have to summarize, if you have to like go through a large amount of documentation on a case or something like this, or you've got lots of forms that you're trying to condense into simpler things, this is where having something like this, which can help you almost like digitize and organize that, that those elements can become very, very useful. And I, and I think like it's going to become like a Swiss army knife situation where depending on what the business task you're trying to do, depending on the kind of the, the, the structure you're trying to manage, you will be choosing different models, which will be tuned according to what you want for your business. So I don't know, let's say, for example, we, we did that AI for Business um, event, the first one we did in London, one of the partners of the law firm was saying she never reviews the document herself. Initially, it's always ingested and summarized to begin with. So it's just using these sorts of tools to um, essentially like make the job easier. I, I wrote an article um, on LinkedIn a few days ago where I was basically saying that like why why aren't summaries of complex paperwork given to the customer? For example, like I was using my parents as example, like um, they get given like a long document, but why isn't there like a kind of like an AI proofread version which is like showing you know what is already contained in there and the key facts to understand? So I think. The companies that start using these sorts of tools to make it easier for them and easier for their customers, I think that's going to become like a, a, a more useful advantage that you can actually feel. So I guess you're going to see like an inverted like a funnel, basically. You're going to see large language models, the ones that have been billions invested in, they're very good in general. You'll see some more specialized ones. And eventually, as the cost comes down of training and creating and training these things, you'll have ones that are more specialized for sectors or particular use cases. But eventually, it'll be cost-effective enough or cost-efficient enough or cheap enough to create one specifically for you personally or your business. And that's where we're going probably within five years at the top no but, but that's already there right like the foundation models can already be fine-tuned according to what you want it's just a question of having your industry specific data and you know maybe even like you know franchises getting together and like um 
organizing their data together so they can kind of get better information across different elements. You know, the, the, but it's quite expensive now, isn't it? That's, that's the thing. Yeah, I guess, I guess like to have the, the underlying language model, yes. If you're using, like, let's say, Claude or using a different one, but then you're using it fine-tuned with your own data, that's not, isn't it? Because that's your that's your vectorized database and your different contexts and everything from there. So you're not trying to like have your own LLM. You're trying to like just make sure they operate off your knowledge base, basically, right? I think that's the commercial opportunity for most businesses where you're able to like have your expertise and have your know-how wrapped and, and, and on demand, basically. So if you haven't used Claude yet, go and have a, a play with it and compare that to, you know, ChatGPT and Google Bard and uh, see what you think. Try And what's interesting is if you use your different models and, and kind of ask them the same thing, the actual prompt, the end prompt, essentially, but give them different amounts of context and, you know, compare the outputs, you'll find that quite an interesting experience. And the other news is on LLMs really is Google Bard. So, you know, ChatGPT, we touched on this last week, and Code Interpreter is its just incredibly powerful. And I've been playing with um, Code Interpreters where you're just uploading various Excel world CSV files that's format they need to be in. And just uh, in, in interrogating the, the financial, these financial models typically. And uh, the output's fascinating. So Google are playing, uh, it seems to be the case with their uh, model bar, catch up. Uh, we're still waiting for, you know, DeepMind and the, the sort of Gemini multimodal product to be launched. So they've Basically, which is something ChatGPT hasn't quite got right yet, which is quite annoying, is that they're launching or have launched memory. So it remembers what the chat was about and where you were, rather than to start again every single time, which can be um, super annoying. And they've also, um, there's some other bits and bobs I've added in there as well, but uh, Google Barda seems still playing catch which I find surprising for Google. I don't know what you think. I think you can't really count them out yet, but like I think like... Um... But they've got, they're such a big organization and they were like optimized over the last, you know, 12 years for like search and PPC and everything like that. So having a bit of a profound shift to the business model and the core competencies and the way they've got the hierarchy and bureaucracy within the company, I guess that will be there. But but you can't count them out, especially with the deep mind, you know, like um, pushing out some new new elements that's going to kind of come through. But but no, there's so many kind of like new things. In terms of making things simpler, have you, did you see Stable Doodle? Or playground AI. Did you see any of those two for image generation? I saw the stable doodle. Yes, yeah, so it's also really cool. It's like as you you talk about multimodal and how things are going to like shift in terms of like being able to like see graphics, generate graphics, do different things like this. Stable doodle is quite cool from like that's from people from Stable Diffusion where you can literally just sketch anything and it can then upscale that into any kind of image that you want. And then playground AI is basically like a kind of Photoshop killer, basically. Like you can generate any kind of image. Like they show an example of a video on the birthday cake. You say like create a chocolate cake, then just like you the the wiper and you remove the top of it and you say okay add candles light the candles do the different things so i think as these tools become easier and easier and, and as they start becoming multimodal like you said so maybe maybe google will push that through and, and maybe different ones will do that the ease and the use cases are just going to become more and more profound basically and again something else that's moving on is something i refer to quite a lot is the fact that if you're a software company or some SaaS kind of business doing different things is that you know you're being squeezed out by this technology that's sort of encroaching on your space so you know the big one you know shopify's and the ones that have got lots of you know data or an enormous space like you know salesforce they're probably okay but a lot of these SaaS companies are looking at an existential threat to their existence. So what they're kind of doing is rather than sort of you know, sticking their head in the sand, they're, they're trying to partner. And one of the things that struck me very quickly when you saw the sort of generative AI, especially in the creative space and text to image and text to video, and we'll talk about runway in a minute, I've been using it this week, especially text to image. And so was 
you know, stock imagery. So quite often in marketing, we've all, we've all done it. You need some kind of imagery and rather than going expensive, taking your own photography and all that kind of stuff, you go and buy it off, you know, it can be, there's lots of them, you, can, you know, Getty Images, Shutterstock, there's lots of them in there. Envato is one I've used before. But if you can create an image, you know, you don't need to go and buy an image of somebody sitting at a desk having a cup of tea at a laptop. You know, you can just create it on the fly. So they're looking at a threat to their entire business model. So there's a deal that's been announced between, I think it's Shutterstock, and uh, they're going to start using and partnering with Dali, which is OpenAI. And this is their OpenAI text-to-image um, um, sort of engine, the diffusion engine. And I find it interesting is that in a way that it's kind of in the short term, it probably protects companies like these sort of stock image companies. But in the long term, I think the writing is still on the wall. This is kind of like, you're going to see a lot of what I call the, the e-fax moments. E-fax was that. When you had email and fax, there was some technology that kind of combined the two, like you send fax to email the other way around. And you probably see a lot of these deals and technologies like this. I mean, it's a transitionary phase, but I, I think they're on the way out. So, Piers, so you're talking about stock background images. What's going on right now in Hollywood? Background actors, right? They've got the whole thing where, where they had like they can be filmed for one day and then used in perpetuity by AI in the background. And that's what this whole strike is about, basically. Because if you're a background actor, I mean, it's really like studio, if they can use AI background actors, why are they going to use real ones? Like, what's interesting is like, this is happening, not just in software, but in film as well at the same time. And it's happening in, in real time, all these challenges. And that's what part of this strike is about. That's interesting. So I never thought about that. So the superstars, they're worried about, you know, having their image, image used, but they can charge for it. a huge amount of money, their likeness. But if you're, like you say, a background actor, you're right. You, you almost do one job and that's the end of it. And, and I guess if you don't find your rights away, you don't get the job. But they just make an artificial one, isn't it, right? Like the thing is at this point in time, there's no leverage now. But then why need background actors at all when we know they can create photorealistic humans on the fly as well? Because they've got um, what they call they've got like different organisations representing their collective interests and all those different things, isn't it? So like this is the this is that transition. Oh, the actors guild. Yeah, this is the transition point basically. Right. Okay. So uh, you can't you can't go from. So I think I, I think we're going to see a lot of that. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of this transitionary fud, fear of uncertainty, and doubt leading to deals, trying to people trying to protect their historic and market and business model. No, I agree. And, and, like, and the thing is, just like you said, like the stars will still have their star power, but then all of the background elements, that's where it's going to change. And even prop builders, right? You know, people that build props and feel different things. All of these things are kind of changing as well. And that's why you've got like um, Christopher Nolan, where he'll try and do everything in, you know, like film and no special effects and everything. And you've got the other, other, other camps as well. So you, you're seeing this play out, not just in software, but in film at the same time. I was at the opera in Verona recently and uh, they lift the sets in by crane over the arena wall. So they're probably safe for the time being. But speaking of uh, superstars, uh, Elon Musk, if you can call him that, um, he's now launched XAI. And this seems to be, uh, and I'm not sure I'll tell you what it is. It's all a bit vague, but he's working with, you know, Google, Microsoft. It's not, it's not just to compete with their platform. This is trying to create something else to, what do they say to the arms it's an AGI, is it? And they want to understand the true nature of the universe. Now, whether that can be distilled into make more money, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know what you think. So he's basically assembled a team and people from like, you know, DeepMind from, from um, OpenAI. And he's, he's basically saying that like, we want to have a maximally truth-seeking AGI 
which is focused on understanding as much as possible. And he was basically saying that like humans are actually interesting. Humans on the planet Earth are more interesting than most of the planets in the in the solar system because there's no one you know occupying those planets. So the question is simply like how to have like a maximally curious um, artificial general intelligence, which is actually trying to understand the nature of the universe itself. And he said that you can't really call it an AGI until it's developed some or discovered some fundamental truths which we've not discovered yet. So he's I guess he's just trying to put his um, systems into the race really and how to have like an AI system which can benefit humanity. But it's interesting. You know, the- well, he announced this uh, about a month ago then. This is not news, is it? So is it an, another announcement or is the fact that he's got some partnership? Well, well, he's got his Twitter, isn't it? So Twitter is trying to make it into that X app, isn't it? Like, where's the central app for everything? And, and obviously, he's got the whole all the data sources from Twitter and the conversations, and he's trying to optimize that for maximum truth seeking. But you know, he's got profound capabilities in it. Yeah. If, if, if we're looking for the true, if we're looking for the true nature of the universe in Twitter, I think we're all doomed. <laughs> <laughs> to be quite frank, um, so I need to be careful about the training that one on because um, it, it's going to come up with some unintended consequences, that's for sure. Anyway, we're keeping this short today because we're on holiday. Well, I want to do the um, AI of the week actually because I must admit I've, I've used them. You always tend to come back to the good ones at the end of the day because they work. But just quickly, so we've been uh, last week, we've been engaging lots of uh, companies, probably 10, 15 now, who are now making taking a decision now actually haven't actually to work with us and try and become ai assisted organizations so that's fascinating isn't it where we've got some that are, as we said they're kind of going the whole hog developing something which is um specific to their business so actually investing quite a lot of money to do that and some are kind of dipping their toes uh, doing our sort of ai um, activate um, program which lets you it's a 60 day sprint so we've seen a lot of companies um engage with us on that front no definitely and it's really interesting when you see like the kind of mixture of companies like from from healthcare to like MA to like you know financial services like to different businesses and, and the use cases are whether it's for like data or whether it's for like understanding you know like systems for phone calls or whether it's for like you know other elements where it's like okay how can we automate some elements of routine tasks it's just very nice to see like different use cases and yeah you know when, when you see like business owners eyes light up about the possibilities it, it's fantastic i think and what's exciting for us is is that the more we work with companies trying to really implement ai rather than just talk about it is that you know we're starting to learn what can be done how how long it takes, what the cost is, and most importantly, what we're learning and going to be learning more about is the, is the return on investment. Because that's what this is all about. No, exactly. And, and the thing is, like, once you develop your own capable tools, whether it's like a expert teaching system or whatever it is, like this, you can then just like leverage that to like launch a new dimension to your business. Because quite a few of the businesses that we talked with, they, they they're looking to use this to kind of introduce a whole new kind of like dimension to their business, and that's where it gets exciting, really. I think. So let's finish with AI of the week. So I'm going to choose this week Runway ML because I'll tell you why. Because I'm away with my partner. So we've got this sort of fun company. It looks like an Amazon bunny outside. It's like a private jet on the inside. And um, she's been doing this sort of, oh, you know, the, the usual thing. I'm, I'm like Insta Insta partner. She's like, oh, do a drone shot of me. She's got the drone. Got, a, got an Insta360 camera, but it doesn't quite do everything. So do a drone shot of me. So she's standing on a pier on Lake Bled in Slovenia, if you know it. It's beautiful. It's like a church in the middle of the lake on an island. And as I pan away, I'm standing in the shot with controlling the drone. And she's like, I can't use that. You're in it. I'm like, well, okay, we'll talk about that separately. But right now, let me see if I can get rid of myself. So I'm looking at Premiere Pro, Premiere Pro Beta. How do I do this and masking? It's still quite complicated, even though you've got some generative AIs coming into the Adobe um, stack. Then I remember Runway ML. So I go into Runway ML and it's called InPainting. 
So I just find myself, I sort of, I sort of mask over myself like a, like a, a pen, essentially. And it, it's amazing. Think about in a static image in Photoshop, you know, removing something, swapping out those pixels for some that, you know, kind of work in, in place of me is reasonably straightforward if you, you know, well, reasonably understandable if you've used um, anything like a Dali or Midjourney, you can understand how it does that. Video, though, is a completely different kettle of fish. So I sort of you know, mask myself out. And then I, I, I kind of reappear as a ghost in a couple of um, frames a long way, but I, I kind of do it again. And within literally two minutes, they can pan out and this drone shot and zoom out as well. And I am completely taken out of the picture and you, and you can't tell. And that is just unbelievably powerful. And I, I can vid- edit videos. I've, I've learned how to use Premiere Pro. And if you know that and understand the technology and how video works, it's bonkers. That's insane. No, no, I, I've seen like from the photos bits, like to click on remote and take those bits parts out. But being able to do that in video is, is fantastic. And, and like I said, having these tools. But you always think that when you see them on, when you see the YouTube videos, whatever, you think, yeah, 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 they've chosen an easy use case, say, you know, a, a person standing on a beach. But this is quite complicated. It's kind of me. I'm, I'm in among some trees. One hour standing behind like uh, some railings. So you've got the kind of vertical posts. But it's, it's insane um, what this technology can do. That's amazing. Right, so I saved uh, saved my partner's um, shots for her uh, social media. That's uh, that's good news for me. So we're going to leave it there. So I'm off to Croatia now. I think uh, a lot of you're off to Spain, aren't you? To Madrid. Exactly. We might do the next one next week. I'm not sure where I'm going to be, probably in uh, <laughs> mid-Europe somewhere. But this, So this is the AI-assisted organization podcast, Implement AI. We'll be at the same time, but not the same place next week, and we'll see you then. Thanks for joining. See you then.